You're listening to Unleash Your Extraordinary, the podcast designed to supercharge your personal growth. I'm Jess. Thank you so much for being here. This is episode 38. And today we're talking about trust and not the usual kind of trust, the trust that we might find that we give to others or even when we hear that word, the immediate thoughts and understandings of it that we have, you know, whether someone keeps our secrets or whether we can trust them to do this for us or execute at this level. I'm actually curious about the trust that we give ourselves and that's been really prominent throughout this week for multiple reasons, both from the coaching conversations I've had and the clients that I've worked with this week, but also a podcast I've been listening to, which I wanted to recommend. I've been thoroughly enjoying Chase Jarvis's podcast and In particular, I wanted to recommend the episode with Seth Godin. It's called Creator Therapy in New York. And it's a brilliant conversation between really two creators, you know, between Seth Godin and Chase Jarvis, both very different creators, you could argue, one on the sort of side of thoughts, ideas and words in terms of Seth Godin. You know, he's kept a blog, I believe, a daily blog for 11 years or something incredible, And then on the flip side, you've got Chase Jarvis, who's, I'm currently reading his book actually called Creative Calling, who being, you know, professional photographer, founder of Creative Live, um, you know, has his podcast, like so many things. I'm actually just sort of just discovering Chase. So I'm starting to sort of get to know him a little bit more. And I feel more familiar with Seth's work, you know, with his books like Tribes, for example, but also being a follower or reader of his blog. They talk about all of these things. They talk about discipline. They talk about daily habits. They talk about, you know, how you can actually start before you feel ready. And this really felt so aligned with the conversations that I was having this week. And in particular, the one conversation that feels really key and that really inspired me to come on and talk about trust today and and really this concept of the compass versus the map, which we'll get more into. But for now, I just wanted to share that podcast because I think you'll enjoy it, or I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. And I feel like there's many layers to it. There's the conversation that they have, the back and forth between them, but then also there's audience participation. And one lady, for example, which sort of demonstrates, I think, the power and insight from the podcast and the conversation between them, you know, she puts her hand up at the end and asks a question around how to become a writer. And, you know, I think even goes to the extent of owning the identity of like, I'm not a good writer. I've been told I'm not good at writing or even speaking, you know, like day-to-day speaking, which of course, first of all, I thought that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Everyone can speak, but, you know, or communicate. And we should we almost shouldn't be like judged on like the day-to-day, maybe like a public talk, yes, but, you know, for good feedback, but not just like your casual day-to-day. And the way that she described it, it very much sounded like that. And it sounded like she just felt like she couldn't, be a writer. And so her question, I believe it was to both of them, but very much focused to Seth was how do you become a writer? Or from her standpoint, how do I become a writer? And I just loved his answer because it was so to the point. So almost like, you know, that lady I can only imagine was like, oh shit, yeah, like right in front of me. But I just, again, I think how often do we not trust ourselves? And his answer was this, his answer was, like basically that he could understand her, right? When she was speaking, he could understand her clearly. So if she's able to articulate her ideas and her thoughts or her questions in conversation like that, what if she just put that to paper? 
or, you know, opened up a notes document and started typing away. And, you know, this almost seemed like you, you'll hear it when you listen, like her reaction is almost one of surprise that it could be that easy, that actually the way to become a writer is that you start writing. And another piece that I loved, which Chase then mentions, or a quote, which I think really brings it home, and he mentions this in the book as well, is that, I'm going to butcher this now, but the essence of it is that to become the noun, you do the verb. You know, to become the noun, to become the writer, do the verb, be a writer. And I just loved it because I felt like for this lady in particular, perhaps it sounded to me like, you know, she's got in her head, she's heard this feedback, she's worried that she doesn't articulate herself clearly. That's limited her from feeling like she can then put words to paper and put her ideas out there in the world, share her voice. And actually in that sort of semi-tongue-in-cheek response from Seth, she's able to know that actually I'm in control here. I can walk away and I can open up a document or a fresh notebook and just start writing. And actually that's the exact way to become a writer. And it might take 11 years before you feel confident, thinking of Seth's blog, you know, to say that you are able to powerfully communicate your ideas, or it might take 11 posts, you know, it almost doesn't matter. And it, I just loved it. I loved the whole episode. And there's so many gems like that sort of sprinkled throughout, which just really made me think differently about creativity. And I have to confess, you know, I am someone who, because I feel like my version of being creative is quite different to what I see out there in the world. You know, it's not photography, it's not art. And I even said this to a friend a while ago, you know, I don't consider myself creative. And straight away, you know, I'm then living into that self-fulfilling prophecy, really, that identity of not being creative, not being a creator. And yet I'm creating all the time. I'm creating right now with this podcast. You know, it's coming out, literally just what's on my heart is coming out of my mouth and now into your ears. And this thing didn't exist before I switched on the microphone. Like this episode didn't exist. And that's creating. And it's taken me quite a while to see it like that because I don't see the art in it, right? It's not like I've got a blank canvas physically in front of me and a bunch of oils or paints and by the end of, say, an hour or a day or whatever, I have something to look at and I can say, I created that. I think when so much of our work is maybe digital or just different to what we consider traditional creativity, we can disassociate ourselves from feeling like we are creative when actually the core essence of creating anything from taking an idea and making it reality or thinking of something we want to build and starting to physically create it or writing an Instagram post or a blog post or creating a podcast episode, it's all creating. And what I love so much about Chase's book, I'm almost finished, but I'm sure there's more gems to come. What I love so far is that he really distills the idea of creativity being that it is creating something that didn't exist before. It doesn't have to be art, you know, it doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa or, you know, be Banksy. It can just be that you give yourself the space and that daily habit, that discipline to put your creative muscle and creative mindset into practice by knowing that in the time that you give yourself, you'll start with nothing and you'll finish with something whether that's a podcast episode literally like this. I start with zero minutes recorded and at the rate I'm going, we'll probably finish with a while. I'm joking. But, you know, 20 minutes later, there's a podcast episode and it's ready to go out into the world. And I think so often we can 
block ourselves or hold ourselves back from embarking on creating until we know exactly what we're going to create, which sort of segues me perfectly into the trust idea and the compass versus the map. And this idea, this sort of distinction and lens on the world, whether we're looking for the map, the way to get there, the steps to take, or the compass, right? The sort of instrument and tool that nudges us in the right direction and tells us when we're on course as well as off course. And we've all felt that, right? Like we feel those nudges, we feel those pulls or almost those like moments of inspiration where maybe it's telling you to pick up that book or listen to that podcast episode or reach out to that friend. Those moments where it's like, I don't know where this has come from, but something is telling me to follow this idea, to to do this thing. Maybe that's even apply for a certain job or put yourself forward for a project at work or share your idea in a team meeting, even if it feels like that's not what you usually do, air quotes around that massively. You know, that kind of inner nudging that feels a little bit like a compass and we can we can feel it telling us to go in this direction and trust ourselves. And so this this idea, this idea of the compass versus the map came to me because both listening to the podcast episode with Seth and Chase, where they talk about that idea, I think, throughout, um, or at least that's sort of the thread that I took away, is actually more about trusting ourselves and stepping into the unknown and the uncertainty. Again, going back to knowing that we'll start with nothing, but we'll end with something, right? The whole idea of creating is stepping into the uncertain. And yet how often do we not trust that when it comes to doing something we want to do, whether that's starting a business, an idea, or an article, or a podcast episode, how often do we feel like we have to know the steps, like we have to have our map? And this came to me because, speaking to the client that I was, I mentioned earlier, we were sitting opposite each other, having a lovely coffee in London, and I could just tell, I could tell we've recently started working together, so we're we're getting to know each other, we're drawing out the dreams, And I could tell that they were holding back. I could tell that there was a smile and a little sort of edginess that they wanted to share something, but they felt like they held back from sharing it. Do you ever have that? You know, when you smile and you know that you want to say something, but you think, oh no, I can't say that. Maybe you've got a friend or a coach that you work with that you know, if you say something out loud, it's then going to become a reality. And you feel like as much as that's equally exciting, you might not feel ready for it yet, or there's still so much sort of fear bubbling around that it feels a bit too early to say it. And I could sense this, I could sense this in the smile. And so I, being who I am, and the fact that I'm there to help this person make their dreams a reality, I noticed it and I could sense it in myself as well that they were holding back. And so, you know, I sort of asked the question of what happened just then? You know, when that smile came across your face, what were you thinking of that you felt maybe scared or nervous or like you couldn't say what was the thing that you were scared to say and then that's when the good stuff came out right that's when the real dreams came out we'd got past all the stuff that they felt they should be saying you know the stuff that made sense for what they do right now or where they are right now or who they feel they are right now and we got into the gems we got into like the big vision and I just noticed in sort of both that conversation And then the sort of seeds that had been planted from the the podcast I'd listened to with Seth and Chase, I'd noticed how much we hold ourselves back from even saying the thing that we really want 
until we feel like we know how we're going to get it. And so the deeper that I went with this client, it that's what we uncovered, right? That they felt they couldn't say the thing because they have no idea how it's going to happen, or at least they have no idea right now. And so they almost held back because they felt, or they probably would have held back if I hadn't have said, what was that? What happened just there? You know, how, and how often do we do that, right? How often do you notice yourself holding back because you don't know the steps, because you don't feel like you have the map? Maybe it's down, you know, from like, you could say the micro of speaking up in a team meeting through to writing an article and putting our thoughts out in the world through to then maybe what feels like the more macro bigger stuff, like applying for a job or a promotion or saying yes to speaking at that event, even if you don't yet know what your talk will be about. And I just thought about this more and more and started to then tie the sort of thread of the compass versus the map to trust. And that actually imagine what would be different and how you would approach ambitions and what you want differently, and even how you would think of confidence and self-belief differently, if actually owning what we want and taking action towards it isn't about waiting until we have the map, it's about trusting that our compass will get us there, that by embarking on the idea, which our compass or the universe has given to us anyway, you know, I really do think about like, where the heck do these ideas come from, right? And if they land with us, do they land with us and you for a reason? And if so, what if the whole point is that we're meant to embark on them? And that actually, it's not about waiting for the steps, waiting for that, you know, whipping out our map and having our beginning point and sort of X marks the spot up here, and knowing the exact steps that we're going to take to get from here to where X marks the spot. And how often does it stay the same anyway, right? It changes. I mean, when do we ever follow the map to the T? How can we predict what's going to unfold? And so what if instead of following the map or waiting for the map, because I feel like there's a sort of flip side here, right? Where it's not to say about not planning. Like I'm not saying don't have ideas, don't have a roadmap, don't have a starting point. But I guess what I'm saying is don't wait to start until you feel you know every single step or even the first five steps right? We all would know maybe the first one to take and that's enough. Like that's enough to open up the Google Doc to start writing the article that has been on your mind for a while and to trust that the words will come or to say yes to the speaking opportunity that you've been invited to and trust that you'll know or think about what to say after the yes and that you'll come up with something epic or to know that if you speak what you really want into the world, thinking back to that smile of my client, that you will figure out how to get there. It might not land immediately, but actually by owning what you want and trusting your compass, that's the tool that will get you there. And maybe actually waiting for the map or trying to create the map takes us away from the doing, right? It takes us into the zone of waiting rather than acting and being and moving towards the thing. It takes us away from the starting, and actually it can trick us into thinking we have started because we're doing the planning and the researching and the perfecting, but the starting and the motion is in the doing. And so bringing us full circle, what if the way to become a writer, like how the lady asked that question to Seth, even if you feel like at the moment you're so far from feeling like you can call yourself a writer and your version of writer, right? Like creator, leader, podcaster, 
change maker, whatever your thing is, what if, like that lady, the way to become a writer is to start writing? And again, inspired by Chase's words, the way to become the noun is doing the verb. And so to wrap this topic, to wrap this idea of trust and this week's curiosity on the compass versus the map, I invite you to think about, are you waiting for the map? What are you holding back from starting because you feel like you don't have the steps yet or you don't know the how? What are you waiting to say yes to that deep down you know you want to do, but the how isn't yet clear? Thinking back again to maybe that saying yes to a speaking engagement, but you don't yet know the talk that you'll give, so you feel like you have to say no or hold back, or writing an article, but you don't know what the fully formed word-by-word article will read like, but you've got that starting idea, but that doesn't feel enough. What if actually that's all more than enough? The inkling that you want to say yes, or the idea that you want to unfold. What if that's more than enough to get started? And so I ask you, what are you waiting for? What's that one thing that you feel that if we were sitting opposite each other right now, you'd be smiling about and I'd be asking you, what are you scared to say? What's that ambition or that goal or that change that you want to make that scares you a little bit? And maybe the fear, the sort of thing that makes it feel scary to say is not that you can't do it. Maybe that's not what you're scared about. Maybe the fear feels like it's the uncertainty, that you at the moment feel like you're missing the steps. But what if it's about not having the steps anyway? And it's just about trusting that you will know exactly how to make it happen. And you'll do it in your own way, that you're already enough, you already know what to do, and your compass is the tool that will get you there. So I ask you again, what is that thing that you're smiling about, whether that's on the inside, you might be in public right now and feel like you can't fully smile, or you just, maybe you are smiling away. I would love to know that if you are. So what's that thing? What is that thing that is making you smile, that your compass is ticking you towards, right? Pulling you towards that thing that you feel called to do. Maybe it's quite a few, but settling on just one thing. What if you started it this week? What if this was your nudge to switch from a mindset of looking for the map and instead to start trusting your compass, to know that you will know how to get there? I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for being here. And if you have that one thing, if that one thing has come to you and you maybe even feel a little bit scared to share it with anybody, I would love if you'd share it with me. If you feel called to send me a message I would love to know what your one thing is and cheer you on as you get started. You can reach me at jess at jessratcliffe.com over on the emails or at jessratcliffe on Instagram. My favourite part of this podcast is that I get to know you a little bit more. So I honestly mean it when I say I would love to hear from you. So if you feel cool too, you know where to find me and I can't wait to cheer you on. One last thing before you go, if you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, it would make my day if you shared it with a friend who you feel would enjoy it too. And if you feel going for the cherry on top bonus point, I would so appreciate if you subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast so that other people can find it too. Thank you. And until next time, have a brilliant week. Go get it. And I will see you then. (laughs) 